0: Hello everybody, we are back, it's the Josh Thoughts official sports podcast, um, sorry I didn't get this out, you know, sooner, obviously, you know, the game just happened this Sunday, it was huge, Brady going back to Foxborough to face Bill Belichick, I've been um, stuck away from home, because I have jury duty, and um, yeah, so... Long story short, wanted to just take a little bit of time. I'm not home yet, so sorry if you hear a little bit of background noise. The car is on, but um, just wanted to take a little time to break down the game and kind of what happened, um, talk about it, and, you know, give some kind of some takeaways for it. And, you know, shockingly, you know, the Buccaneers did not blow the Patriots out as maybe would have been suspected. You know, at the outset of the game, it was raining, which definitely plays into the you know, traditionally would play into the team's hand that's not as reliant on passing the ball downfield. You know, passing is harder in the rain. Running is obviously the easiest way to go in the rain. But passing downfield becomes significantly harder than doing short passes because the ball has to move farther. It has to move faster and with more velocity. And when it's wet, you know, it can slip out of people's hands. just a lot harder to hang on to. Um, So you know, obviously, you know, the Buccaneers won, it's it's really weird, honestly, because as a Patriots fan, and I'm definitely going to go into more, you know, my Patriots fandom, as I've talked about a couple different times, but it was weird, because honestly, watching the game, and you might call me a fake fan for this, but I kind of wanted the Buccaneers to win, oddly enough, And, and I think the reason really is the fact that I think the Patriots right now, I think the Patriots have off- offensive line issues. I don't think a team with offensive line issues can win the Super Bowl. Maybe a team with offensive line issues could win the Super Bowl if every part, other part of the team was like outstanding. You know, the Patriots have, you know, they probably need a couple more weapons or maybe just time for the receivers and the tight ends to sink, you know, sink into the playbook and stuff like that. Um, and the defense is really good, but I don't think it's, like, you know, world-class, groundbreaking defense that's going to pull them, you know, to the Super Bowl on its own. So I think really why I ended up, you know, rooting for Brady in this game is just because I view the Bucks as more of a legitimate Super Bowl contender, I guess. Like, if, if I thought the Patriots had a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year, I would want them to win that game for, you know, seeding, positioning, and stuff like that, even though I still like Tom, but because I view them as not really a Super Bowl threat. I think, you know, this is a building year for the Patriots. I think if they make the playoffs, that would be a really strong achievement by them um in building the team going forward. So with that being said, I don't think it's as important for them to necessarily pick up, you know, pick up wins as opposed to the Bucks, I think have a legitimate shot to go back and you know, have a lot stronger of a team. You know, just right now, roster-wise, in the Patriots. Um, but it was it was very surreal. And, um, you know, Rich Eisen, the other day, I heard him say he it was like an out-of-body experience. And I felt that way, too. Just seeing him on the field, the uniform was different. And then you have Mac, who looks like the young, new-age version of Tom when he had just started. You know, um... And it was just very, very odd. And, and you know, I talked about this in the preview episode as well. I think this was a win for both men. You know, this was a win for both guys because Brady, you know, he obviously got the actual victory, you know, which is worth its weight in gold. He, You know, he passed the all-time yardage mark, you know, pretty early. We all kind of knew that was going to happen. And in addition to that, he now has won a game versus all 32 NFL teams, which is an honor that is only shared um, with him by Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Brett Favre. So just absolute legends. And I also want to take a quick moment just to shout out Drew Brees. And, you know, as a person who's, you know, not never been a Saints fan really, but he was standing on the sideline to watch Brady break the record, his own record. Um, that is, you know, and is is an astounding record, and still, even I'll say this: no one can take it away from Drew Brees and from the other guys who held the record for a period of time. No one can take that away from them getting to that mark first. You know, just because Brady has surpassed that, does not make those achievements less impressive or less absolutely insane. Like insane levels of greatness in those achievements and. To see Drew Brees there, like, I mean, this is one of the only massive records he still holds. And, like, if, I mean, if that was me, if that was a normal person, you would expect them to be somewhere, you know, not at the game, so, you know, somewhere in a bathtub with cold water running down. I'm having a cry. Like, that's honestly, you know, what, what I would expect out of a normal person. To want to wanna be there and to want to see it happen and to just confront it so directly... Um, just gives me an insane amount of respect and admiration for that kind of, um, stoicism and just, and just an understanding to a, um, you know, an assuredness in oneself, um, about the entire situation. And like, it's just, that's not common. That's not the norm to go, you know, someone's about to break my record. Somebody's about to one up me. Let me go and watch and clap when they do it you know he clapped when that pass you know went over and just it it was honestly it's one of the classiest things I've ever seen and it just rings true with everything we hear about Drew Brees in terms of you know his professionalism on and off the field and even now as a member of the media um but it was a win for both both guys as I said Brady you know he got the win his team got the win you know they obviously played kind of sloppy, had some penalties, you know, the Patriots weren't without penalties themselves in a couple confusing moments um, here and there, but, you know, I think the Patriots, you know, people say there are no moral victories in the NFL, I don't think that's true, because I think, you know, there there are no moral victories in the pursuit of a Super Bowl, I agree with that 100%, but there's a lot of teams, most of the teams in the NFL have a pretty good idea that this is not their year to win the Super Bowl. The Patriots, I have firmly in that category. And it's not because, you know, it's not because I think it's completely impossible. It's just the offensive line injuries and losing Trent Brown kind of revealed the fact that our offensive line isn't that good. And as as I said before, it's one of the most important units of football and if if your offensive line isn't working out you're pretty much you know you pretty much don't have a chance to make the super bowl unless the rest of your team is perfect and the patriots are not like that you know right now so for the teams that know they're not trying to make the super bowl i do think there are moral victories because there's there's landmarks and moments you can see where there's progression and yes that progression can be overshadowed by you know backpedaling taking steps back You know, what comes to mind is last year with the Raiders, you know, they came out to a hot start, but then they backpedaled it all the way. You know, you're never really sure if that success is going to be real and sustained until it becomes sustained. You know, so the Raiders this year, maybe they keep going this way with this hot start, and then they, you know, they prove they're a lot more solid than they were last year. Um, But as far as the Patriots go, they're going to have to show me, you know, a lot for me to think they have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. So because they can't win the Super Bowl this year, or at least I don't see it that way at the moment, I think this year is about building for them. I think this year is about, you know, getting to the next, you know, the next level, getting things set in place, getting people familiar with the playbook. You know, we signed a lot of pieces over the offseason, and it hasn't all been perfect yet, but we all also understand, or most people understand, that the Patriots run one of the most complicated and difficult systems um to you know to internalize and to comprehend and to get completely down you know so given that instance you know it's it's um you know it's you shouldn't expect people to come into the Patriots organization and immediately get it it's never been that kind of team and there's always been free agents that have fizzled out and haven't been able to integrate themselves into the system which you know maybe you could argue that that's one of the drawbacks of the system and I would probably, you know, agree with that. But at the same time, you know, the benefits of having a really complicated playbook are also, you know, part of the reason why it can be worth it to have certain guys that can't fit in. You know, and why I think it was you know, I think it was a moral victory from the Patriots of the sense of seeing Mac Jones, seeing him do well. And then at the same time, Bill stymied Tom a lot. And yes, Tom's accuracy was off at the beginning. You know, it's likely a combination of being too excited and or being in the rain. You know, people say, you know, if you're too excited, you're too high up, um, high up, hyped up for a game, balls fly high. And at the same time, in the rain, balls fly high because they slip out of your hand. So which one was it? Probably a little bit of both. Um, but Bill, you know, he had a great defensive game plan, and they held, you know, they held the Buccaneers to, um, I believe it was 19 points. I'm going to just check this so I don't seem like a complete idiot here. Yes, 19 points. It was 19-17. So that, you know, and that shows you the exact issue. If you can hold the that Buccaneers team to 19 points, that's about as good of a defensive, you know, performance as you're going to have against that team with those amount of weapons. With Brady at the helm so it really just became an issue with the offense and why does the offense have issues well they finished with negative the game with negative four rushing yards because you know the line cannot create yards by themselves and Tampa Bay is one of the best run defenses out there the Patriots still had to run the ball because if you throw it every time you know the off the defensive line is going to tee off and start hitting Mac Jones you just can't be that predictable so they ran the ball in spite of it not working, you know, Um, and I think that makes sense, you know, anybody realistic knows you cannot just throw the ball every time, put your quarterback in a horrible position, puts your team in a bad position, because they're extreme, because you become extremely predictable, Um, you know, and the other thing with that situation is if you throw it every time, your possession time is very short, because when you the incompletions will stop the clock and passing plays normally will have a lot shorter of a time come off the clock. Whereas rushing plays normally don't get to the boundary because of that, the time keeps ticking. And in a situation where you're trying to, you know, hold one of the league's best offenses in check, you need the time to keep ticking when you have the ball. You can't, you know, teams that want to do it the other way, like the Kansas city chiefs, they don't mind going, you know, quick, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bucks don't mind having quick possessions where not a lot of time comes off because they want to have a bunch of possessions in the game because they think the more possessions we get, the more bites of the apple, the more chances we're going to get a chunk play, break one open, get touchdowns. Um, and Tampa Bay almost had a couple chunk plays and, you know, touchdowns in the game that happened. And if they'd played for another couple quarters, they probably would have had some more. So, um also, apologies again if you hear any background noises of cars and whatnot. Um, sorry about that. So, Bill being able to keep Tom in check, I think, showed a lot of people. Um, I think it proved, it validated to a lot of people. Yes, Tom has some weaknesses. I mean, the weakness is basically just to run extremely complicated defenses that would fool anybody, and then, you know, try to mitigate Tom's brain a little bit, try to make him think a little bit, you know, try to get pressure on him, and still at the end of the day, you can't completely pin him in with, with those level of weapons. Um, but, but 19 points is a great mark, and, you know, the offense, like Mac Jones, I think a lot of people would agree, played really well. They hit a certain point in the game where it seemed like they were carving through the Tampa defense, I don't know what formula they had figured out, I don't really know the X's and O's of it, but um, that was really encouraging, even though they still only finished with 17 points, you know, it was a very, very close game you know, and I think it's you know, I think it's also the one last thing I want to go over just before the game end, or the game ended, or this podcast is going to end the one thing I just want to talk about is how the game ended the last play for the patriots which was a 56 um, yard field goal attempt and to me as a you know as a patriots fan i've watched nick folk a lot when we first got him on the team he was not kicking the ball well like he was he was pretty consistent and good from a short range but a lot of kicks he had they sometimes they wouldn't fly right sometimes they would wobble and wouldn't look too pretty and so for me i always viewed nick folk as you know a a decent budget option, a guy that would be consistent from short range and who maybe wouldn't necessarily kick the long ones. You know, in Belichick's explanation at the end of the game, he did say Nick Folk has been kicking a lot better and more consistent consistently lately. And that 56-yarder, honestly, that was one of the best kicks I've ever seen from him. Yes, it missed, but at the same time, um, it, it missed by inches. It missed by two inches, and that is a long kick in the rain let me remind you the world record for kick length was just set by justin tucker at 66 yards and it bounced off the bottom bar and in so we're talking about a kick that's just 10 yards shorter than that so some you know for great kickers it could be a gimme kick if if a 56 yarder is a gimme kick for your kicker then you have a great kicker you know in the past it used to be you know once you got into the 50s that was you know, you, you didn't really know if that was going to go in or not. And, you know, to do a kick like that in the rain, it, it is a bit of a risk, but you you could see. I mean, you can't say it was a really t- horrible decision. It was two inches away. And going back to how incredible the NFL has been this season, it's literally become a game of inches. Before you would just say, oh, it's a game of inches. These games are literally coming down to inches. Now, if... You know, New England had scored, Brady still would have had 57 seconds to get a field goal. And that, you know, you never you never count Brady out in that situation. He's He's done it this year. He's had comebacks, you know, first game versus the Cowboys, minute and a half. Came back, not a field goal. That also wouldn't have been, you know... That also wouldn't have been unheard of if that had happened, if the Patriots kick had gone in and Tom Brady went down and got it again. But they would have had a good shot, and Bill had been playing good defense to Tom up to that point. Um, and I think really when I think about it, I just want to say the three reasons that I think Belichick um, took the kick there instead of going for the fourth and three um, to try to get you know, closer. And I think these are the three reasons, you know, because I think, let me let me first say why you would want to get closer. In the moment in the game, I thought they should go for it because I didn't have a lot of confidence in Nick Folk making a 56-yarder. I honestly felt like I was a little bit wrong. After seeing the kick, you know, hit, I was go, well, I mean, that was really close. So to be, you know, I, I didn't think it was even possible. It clearly was possible. Um, obviously, he didn't make it, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to say it was a bad decision when the guy misses the kick by two inches. Like, it was right there, you know. um, But I think, you know, the reason why I would think to go for it was this. Mac Jones had been going through the Tampa D very well, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers only had one timeout, I believe. I think they had one and the Pats had two, if I'm not mistaken, or it might have been reversed. They might have actually had three and the Pats had one. Um, in any case, if the pass had been able to get a first down there, not only would the field goal at that point have basically been, um, guaranteed, but at the same time as a to go in, but at the same time as that, you would have taken a lot more time off. So if you had gotten a new set of downs, there's a good chance, um, that the Patriots would have been able to bleed the clock down all the way to zero and kick it in and beat Brady with no time left, you know, and, and complete one of the greatest upsets of the season and uh, maybe of the past couple of years, honestly, when you look at, you know, how how much the Bucks were favored. And they should have, you know, rightfully so. Um, but I think, you know, although that makes sense, there is three reasons why I would kind of go against it, why I would go against that notion of that it was um, the wrong decision to kick it and that they should have went for it, assuming they would make it, and then been able to close the game out very easily. The first reason is um, to protect Mac Jones, you know. And what I mean by that is because Bill took the kick, let let me put it this way. Fourth and three, yes, the Patriots were doing really well. Yes, they were running, you know, through the Bucks defense like a hot knife through butter at the end of the game. But a fourth and three is still not guaranteed. And it's not like every single play, you know, yes, Mac had 18 consecutive completions in a row, but then that streak was broken. Then there was, an, you know, there were plays that didn't go well. And if, if that one play just something weird happens, now you know the game's completely over without even a chance to get the field goal. You know when you know Bill thought at 56, Nick Folk would be able to make it, and he almost did. So he was proven that it was possible for Nick Folk to make it for sure. Um, but what happens is if Mac messes, you have to throw on that fourth and three because obviously we're not going to run it for three yards. And if Mac messes that play up. Or or the play just doesn't go to plan, even if it's not Mac's fault. It becomes, oh, well, Mac couldn't bring him down at the end. He couldn't do to Brady what Brady, you know. By having Nick Folk take the kick, you kind of guarantee, whether it goes in or out, that that last little piece of it is riding on Nick Folk. So if it goes out, we kind of go, oh, well, you know, Nick Folk couldn't make a 56-yarder in the rain. You know, do with that information as you will. For me, I was impressed he even got it that far, but... You know, some people might go, oh, you know, the hell with Nick Folk, whatever. But if Mac misses that fourth and three and Tampa gets the ball back right there, it becomes Mac isn't Brady. Mac couldn't do what Brady's done so many times. And I don't think that would be fair to Mac. but I think Bill knows that that's how that would have been perceived. You know, at the same time um, as that, I think part of it has, the second reason, kind of has to do with Tom and him as well. You know, I think, I think if he, if Mac, I think in a way, you know, it almost protects Tom in a a very small way. And this sounds weird, but if Mac would have made it that fourth and three and they would have been able to bleed the clock down and get the field goal, then the message of the game is mac is better than brady cuz he beat him mac is you know beat him on a significantly worse team even though you know bill and the defense was obviously a lot more healthy and a lot more functional than the buccaneers defense but you know it's also kind of a tough you know it would be a tough way to lose for brady and at the same time I really think it comes down to this third reason more than anything, more than the other two, because as much as I know Bill wants to protect Mac, I think he also thinks highly of Mac and thinks he can handle a lot. But I really think what it came down to was if that field goal had gone in, we would have gotten a legendary, you know, that next drive would have been the stuff of legend. One minute, for Brady to move down the field versus Brady versus Belichick for, for all the marbles right there, you know, by it, it would have taken the narrative kind of away from Mac and away from Nick folk. And it would have brought it back to what we all really were there to see, which was, can Belichick stop Brady? And if Bill was able to stop Brady, it would have been a huge win for Bill, massive upset and all that, you know, and if Brady was able to go down and score, it would have been, you know, Brady does what Brady does again. You know, with the way the game ended with the missed field goal, it kind of in a way it lets everybody off the hook. And it and it it wraps the game up so nicely because it kind of you know, it gave everybody a win. It gave everybody a win. It was a fantastic ending to the game and everybody kind of got it to got to walk away with what they wanted. You know, and I think it's it's really tough because so much, you know, And listening to Bill and Tom after, and Bill, you know, went to see Tom in the locker room, and they spent 20 minutes having a conversation, and I hope that they both got all the closure that they wanted and needed. You know, it's it's really hard in a situation like this where you have two guys who work together for 20 years and are both so demanding, so great, and demand so much from each other. And to part and go their separate ways, you know, it had to have been tough because there was friction, obviously, and it, it it makes sense. You you don't spend any time with anybody for that amount of time and not have friction. Um, but I think the way the game ended, it let everybody walk away with what they wanted. You know, Tom got the win in Gillette. He got the homecoming that he deserved, um, where fans, you know, cheered him when he was warming up, booed him when he came in for his pers- first possession, um, and just you know, insane environment, there was people wearing Tampa jerseys, people wearing New England jerseys, there was one guy wearing a half of a Tom Brady New England jersey sewn with half of a Tom Brady Tampa jersey together, I mean, that that's how I felt the whole day watching, it was just, you know, just absolutely cut down the middle, didn't know how to feel, and I admitted earlier, I, I was ended up rooting for Tampa. And it, it wasn't a conscious decision. I just I watched the game as I wanted to watch it. But I just found myself in more situations reacting positively to when Tampa did things and negatively to when New England did them. Even though I, I wanted New England to win. You know, too. I mean, it's insane when you have, it's just, yeah. You have the, the icon of your team for 20 years going up against that same team. Never going to happen again. Um, so glad that I took the time out to watch that game. I hope you guys all got to watch it too. And uh, I'm just going to wrap it up like that. I'm I'm really happy with how the game ended. I think it would have been awesome if that field goal had gone in just to see that last play go. Um, but I think, you know, Brady was great. Mac was really good given the circumstances. Bill showed that he still has a, tricks up his sleeve and knows how to – knows how to get Tom a little bit off his spot. Um the Patriots showed a lot of improvement but didn't come away with the win. Um and I think, you know I think Tampa deserved the win. And um yeah, just another another just incredible NFL game. So I'm gonna wrap it up just at that guys, going for a you know, going for a shorter one. I know that last one was, you know, two and a half hours long. I, I It might be a while before anyone listens to that whole thing. Um, But at the same time, I'm going to cut this one off right here just with a little um, wrap-up of the game and what went on. and um, I'm going to catch you guys later. This has been the Josh Thoughts official official Josh Thoughts Sports Podcast. Let me do that again because I can't go out on a shit read. This has been the official Josh Thoughts Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Share if you feel so inclined. If not, that's just as well with me. And um, I hope you guys have a great day.